Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Five Fragen, or Five Questions, as we would say in English. This is our new podcast featuring the people who are at the heart of the Netherlands' diplomatic network here in the U.S. We're talking with the diplomats and policy officers about the strong bonds between the United States and the Netherlands, as well as our diplomatic work in the U.S. We're focusing on our cultural and economic ties that go back more than 400 years. And we're talking about the collaborations between our two countries that make our relationship a partnership that works. I'm Jeff Alanak from the Embassy's Communications Office, and I'm here with Jaap Slothauer, who is the Executive Director for the Americas of the Netherlands Foreign Investment Agency. Thank you for joining me today, Yap. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Yap, I understand your role here is to persuade U.S. and Canadian companies to set up shop in the Netherlands. But I also understand that NFIA, as we call it in, in the halls here, right. is shifting its focus a little bit. And, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But I first want to take a step back. What's your background and how did you find yourself here at the embassy? Good question. It's uh, been a long journey. I've been in business for it over 20 years and I used to work in the US as well. Now when you get to nearly 50 you think about okay what am I going to do with my working life now so that you I still have 20 years to think about that still. Yeah exactly so <laughs> I thought I'm going to go into government and uh, I'm going to go to Canada and um, there was this great opportunity to set up shop for the NFIA for the Ministry of Economic Affairs in Canada in 2018. So you started it? I started it. That one, okay. And uh, then lately, um, there was the opportunity to uh, to continue that journey here in Washington D.C. So uh, that's how I did my business to business to government in a little bit of a smaller setting in Canada, but really focusing on Canadian businesses from east to west coast, and now in D.C. for uh, for both. Uh, Latin America and uh, North America. Okay, so it's all North of America. It's all North America then. It's not just, but but the concentration is Canada and, and the U.S. Yes, it is at this moment. It it for sure is, and we're working very close together with our colleagues down south to understand what the potential is and what the services need to be in in South America. Okay, what role does the NFIA play in helping foreign companies open up shop in the Netherlands? It's, it's twofold, actually. It's uh, both from a strategic perspective in supporting businesses to gain insight into what the Netherlands as a gateway to Europe and what Europe uh, could mean to their business. We don't do the business case themselves. That's owned by the business. But we give them government support and insights to build that business case. The second thing that we do is very operational. We help businesses set up their entity in the Netherlands and continue to support them in growing their business in the Netherlands. Is there a certain type or size of companies that you target or is it we're just trying to bring more business over? Well, that's indeed where, where we're shifting a bit in our strategy. So uh, that used to be the case, but you know, growth causes growing pains. And uh, what we're noticing now is that we need to be a lot more specific in what entities really need our support and really need you know, to support our global uh, global challenges and bigger is not always better so it's very specific on what we do and size doesn't really matter it's more about impact solving global challenges uh, that, that's bringing across the board of the dutch foreign policy they really are trying to work together to solve global challenges so it's a very collaborative country yes 
Again, it's, it's something we continue to work on because indeed collaboration is something, it's not a standalone entity uh, from a Ministry of Economic Affairs perspective anymore. It's, it's something we need to do with foreign affairs and we need to do with the trade commissioners and with the economic attaches and, and a group of essential people that need to bring the agenda further in how do we work with business, uh, with NGOs, with other entities like um, universities to get uh, to a point where we are really going to solve uh, primary issues that are in the Netherlands but are also issues on a global level. So then would you also, for example, help a company at least pinpoint maybe three areas geographically where they might locate, like yes. digital technology? You say, well, you really want to be in this city because that's where... For sure. So, um, and that insight being here in DC is is something that we are working with with our provinces in the Netherlands. They take ownership into what, from a sector's perspective, they are best at. And we will work with an agri perspective in certain regions more than in other regions. Mm -hmm. But we're trying to also challenge our offices here in the US by taking that similar take on uh, a sector point of view. We have five offices in the US. Those offices have different geographic economic uh, potential. Five NFIA offices? Correct. And where are those? Those are, well, besides Washington DC, we have an office in Atlanta uh, servicing the, uh, the Southeast. And we have an office in San Francisco. We have an office in Chicago for the Midwest. And we have an office in New York. So it overlaps the with the consulates. It's the same. If you plot them, they won't exactly match. Okay. And I think that's that's not all bad because it's interesting. For example, uh, the office in Atlanta covers um, areas of Washington D.C. where I'm at, or um, Pennsylvania. That from Atlanta. Yep, exactly. So uh, so they don't really match, but that really helps in the matrix in in working together with different consulates and our embassy here on a joint event. Uh, because the potential is not only with the consulate in Atlanta either on what we're doing. So it's kind of good that we're triggered to work with multiple foreign affairs entities in our country, in the U.S., to get to the best result. Okay. In some ways, some people might say that you're a salesman, but instead of selling widgets or whatever it is, you're selling the Netherlands. And you're selling it to the companies that make those widgets. What's your biggest selling point then for the Netherlands? Well, I don't really want to call it <laughs> uh, selling. Uh, okay, when not I, selling, okay. No, when I joined the NFIA, I think it was in the, even prior to that in having my first conversations uh, applying for the job, I had a conversation on the difference between sales and consulting. Okay. And I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's the best of both. But companies are complex, and we are part of the complexity of companies, large or small, making investments far from the mothership. And that is something very exciting. And sometimes you need to pitch, and sometimes you need to consult. I think from a selling perspective, the Netherlands has it all. It's just not all there for grabs. And that's where the consulting comes in. What do you mean not all there for grabs? Well, if you take a look at space, for example, or specific talent that you're looking for, or families that you want to bring in uh, with a company that need their schooling, etc., you need to be specific 
And that's where, together with the regional development agencies and the umbrella of the Invest in Holland network, we're more like consultants because you got to ask before you give an answer and you cannot only pitch. So there where there's more space needed, we need to figure out where in the Netherlands we got that space, uh, where there's need for more uh, logistics. We'll probably be working with more in the, in the entities of harbors and the airports uh, and the infrastructure. It all depends. It's really custom. So it does. It, it sounds like it changes depending whether or not you're talking to a Canadian company or an American company. Yeah, or is, for it, sure. or is that irrelevant? Or, or the... No, no, no. That's why sometimes people ask me, "Do you have a Do you have a PowerPoint of this or that?" And and the funny thing is, we don't. It's it's really so customized in in what we do, and that's why I like the conversation on sales versus consulting, because it's it's just not oh you're an engineering company and you got big things to ship. Uh, we'll put you in Rotterdam and, and all will, will work well. Uh, that's not the way it works. So it's every time and again really looking at, okay, what's the challenge this company faces? What's the demand? Where does it want to go? And what kind of solutions does the Netherlands bring? And it's always different. So it sounds like it's a conversation between NFIA officials and the companies. Yes. Like they, Do you target certain companies or do you wait for them to come to you? So you're here in the U.S. Do you think, hmm, uh, I've heard of this company out here in the Midwest. They might do well. Do you go to them or do you wait for them to come to you? Well, also in the new strategy, we're trying to be more proactive in reaching out to the companies where we think they're going to benefit most in you know, getting to those clusters and those ecosystems in the Netherlands where we need to fix those global challenges. But it's a bit of both. I, you know, it depends on the region, depends on the country. But you know, we love reactive work as well, where you know a company calls us and asks us, you know, what's what's the pitch for setting up a, a clean tech business in uh, in Germany and and Holland, and can you do some comparison work and how does that add up? It's it's great to have both. So then they, these companies they ask you on on. on to compare yourselves to other countries as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. I would have thought they would have gone to those countries and said, tell us what's best for you and tell us what's best for... Yeah. Well, if they're smart, like, like you know, we, we do ourselves uh, as, as people in when you start buying something or investing in something, uh, you want to know, you know, what's this product or what's this... And, and I think it's good. In, in the small country of the Netherlands, uh, we have a an interesting competition going between the provinces in, okay, you know, what are we good for and, and how do we compete uh, or compare it towards, uh, you know, our peers within the Netherlands. But within Europe, it's a great union where, you know, there's a free movement of products and, and people, uh, but there's still very much a competition between uh, us and the countries around us. And, and it keeps us uh, sharp and, you know, trying to do our best for what we think is, is good for both. Uh, the companies as well as for yeah, for the Netherlands. I think competition is good. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you need to you need to see what others are doing better than you and say, okay, well, I know I can do better, so now I have to figure out how. And it's great because it also, you know, the people we attract to work for the NFIA are also quite a competing bunch. So it's 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 kind of fun. It really it really works. Competition. What's your biggest hurdle in trying to persuade companies to open up in the Netherlands? Well, I think one of the, the biggest challenges is that companies are not always 
aware of the potential of of the Netherlands because it's such a small country and it doesn't have the economy compared to Germany or France or the UK. So it's it's again very much understanding what they're looking for and how we can answer that from the balancing act in getting to, to understand what that gateway to Europe actually means and what the European Union is because the Union is is different than the United States or the way Canada with the provinces work. So it's it's it, the biggest challenge is to take our time and to not assume that people know how the Union or how the Netherlands works and to really pitch the Netherlands in what it's supposed to be for this client within the sector. It's, it's really getting to, down to that conversation that's so very important. Speaking as an American uh, who educated all throughout elementary, middle, high school, college, that's incredibly important because even though it's been a year since I've been in school, yeah. the, <laughs> they, they really focused on, on the U.S. I mean, it was very U.S.-centric. Yes, yes. Um, so I, I could see where... where uh, businesses, if they're not quite international yet, where they still may be U.S. focused, where they may not see the potential for uh, Europe and where they might expand. Yes, exactly. And and you know we we don't have a real time frame in when we think a company needs to come to Holland. We just need to be there as soon as they can. And whether you know Canadians see the U.S. market as their their primary target, at some point, if they're successful, they will continue growing. Uh, towards Europe or towards Asia, and then we need to be there. They need to be aware of our services. But yeah, it's 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 always great because, you know, all the states are different. You know, this whole continent is is completely different. So you can never assume that people know what we're talking about. So, I think that's the the again talking going back to sales and consulting. There needs to be a balance in being efficient and pitching the Netherlands versus really taking a step back and trying to understand, okay, you know, what's going on? Mm -hmm. I would think it helps too, just how well Dutch people speak English. I mean, it's not, it's not your native language, but you guys, once you reach a certain age, is it mandatory that in schools where you're going to learn English? So it's part of the way that we work with an international bunch of people. And I think throughout the years, at least as far as I go back, there's always been a large international group of people, whether they were Spanish or whether they were uh, Greek or uh, the Netherlands attracts a lot of international people and then you have to start talking English. Mm. The second thing is that you know beyond the educational part is that all our uh, TV programs are in, are in English. They're not dubbed like in France into French or in Germany into, into German. So if you want to watch the A-Team, uh, well you can watch it but if you want to understand it I think you just aged yourself. The A team. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it's still on. But that again, oh. why should I watch TV? I might just need an iPad. But uh, no. no, no, no. But true. And those programs are all in English. So uh, yeah, people get to are. Uh, so like the drama programs that may be exported from the U.S. to the Netherlands, they just play them. They play they, them. They, they, they don't then dub them in Dutch. Exactly. Never. No. Where other countries they do. Yes. I guess is that that's what you're saying. Yes. Okay. So we have that especially for English, but we go pretty far in our secondary uh, education also with French and with German. Uh, and these are just languages we always seem to 
have to need because you know, very little people speak Dutch. Well, that and, and is it, I would imagine it's also that if you want to go on vacation or you go to train ride or drive six hours, people are speaking another language. Yes. Whereas here in the U.S., you could drive 12, 15, 18 hours and you still find people who speak yes. English. Yeah. Um, yes, it's uh, absolutely true. I mean, uh, the diversity of... Uh, you know, culture and uh, of language, different languages, it's, it's immense in, in Europe, which, which again faces some challenges with the companies that go to Europe because uh, again there, I think Europe is at its strength as a country where we can offer those different languages while doing businesses from the Netherlands with those other European countries that dif- speak a different language. Sounds like a strength. To, uh, again, a strength, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's the future hold for NFIA? The future hold for the Netherlands, a uh, good one, if I only had a crystal ball. I think what we're doing now is just essential, you know, in, in making sure that we, we put all the insights and the knowledge and, and the people we have on solving these global challenges. I think that's, that's work that will probably last longer than 10 years. The NFIA is, is also, I think, a very important part and where we are doing a better job than probably we ever did in not being an isolated part of the diplomatic corps or uh, the government, but being, you know, one of the key points of contact between business and other entities like the NGOs and like the universities to the other ministries and being that close contact we really get the primary insights into you know where's this world moving towards and what as a government do we need to do to play a certain role so again also from a growth perspective i don't see the nfi needing to grow a lot it just needs to transition into more of a group entity sharing its knowledge and remain really focused in being that bridge, sometimes a gap between the people and the business and the government. Sounds like a big, uh, promising future. Uh, We need some time, but we'll get there. (laughs) You need that crystal ball, right? (laughs) True, true. Well, if you ever can find it, let me know, because I I could use some lotto numbers as well. (laughs) One final question, Yap. Uh, I understand you love camping. Yes, I do. What's the most remote campsite you've been to, and did you ever run into Bigfoot out there? No, no. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of campers with the sticker of Bigfoot, but um, oh, is that a thing? It, it, uh, they do uh, love to have stickers on camper vans. Um, so I'm a, a tenter and a hiker. Uh, a tenter? What do you mean? A tenter and a hiker? Well, in in Holland, we of course we have those funny names, but um, so. We like to camp out in the rough with a lightweight tent, go hiking. And oh. since we got kids, we enjoyed going out into nature. Um, Canada and, and the U.S. now is offering, of course, a fantastic part of uh, that opportunity. Um, but besides Bigfoot, the most remote place is, of course, in northern Canada. We were up in, uh, in Labrador and... Um, you know, you just got to go camping in the wild. And I think my son said the wrong thing at the wrong time because it was already getting dark way earlier than we thought up north near Happy Valley Goose Bay. And as we were trying to pitch, he said, I think I see something out there. 
and it got me stressed like the whole night okay is that a bear or is that a, like a grizzly bear or <laughs> for sure i mean they're out there and um, you're out in the middle of nowhere you don't have any reception so um pretty cool uh, you got to do that kind of stuff once in a while did you ever find out what that thing was or no, 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 no footprints, no nothing. Um, no bite marks, which is good. No, <laughs> I, I made it back. and uh, But that's always good about camping. You know, it's just a freedom of just figuring out, um, you know, how, how to deal with the unknown at the time. How to deal with what? I'm with the unknown. Oh, with the unknown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and just take it step by step. So, uh, so last time I took uh, part of the NFIA out camping up north of Toronto and uh, like an office outing uh, like an office outing for a couple of days and and some of the teams said so what are we going to do when we're camping and I said well that's it when you go out that's what you're doing you're camping you gotta you know find your food you gotta get your gear together you gotta prepare your food it's, it's not like uh, a five-star hotel no. uh, where you get to no camping is camping that's like the effort and how did that go over how did that fantastic did it Ab really? absolutely yeah i hope that i can take the teams out here in the u.s as well uh bought myself a canoe it's a lot of fun and uh even the people that don't like it they love it at the end probably won't do it ever again but so uh, they're kind of grumpy in the beginning and for the sure they like they don't want to go back to the office well, I think they're very glad. Even I'm always glad to go back into, uh, you know, my home and um, clean sheets and everything. But um, it, it is good to get out of your comfort zone. It always takes some time to, to get accustomed to it. But it's also great to get back home and, and feel relaxed about, you know, the comfort of what you've built around you. And then do you start planning your next trip once you're back? Always. Always. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> Got to have that North Star. What's what's next? Where's uh, here in the U.S.? Do you have your next camping trip planned? Well, I'm hoping to actually drive off to uh, Phoenix and uh, the areas of, uh, of Arizona. Okay. Drive from here? To yes. Wow, that's a well five day drive, maybe. No, I can do it probably in two and a half. But, can you? Really? Uh, okay. Yes. Wow. It's, uh, without speeding, but it's more, you know. I've I've driven to from from Toronto to uh, to Edmonton in two and a half days, so I should be able to make it to Phoenix, which is a lot less kilometers. And you camp along the way then, like uh... yes, for sure. So usually I take a one drive there, and then slowly take the path back home and figure out how things work. Sounds interesting. So uh, yeah, with wife and kids. So, with wife uh, and kids. Well, that's, every, that's everyone needs to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it's a good way to keep them happy. Fresh air and... and uh, Absolutely. And it's worked outdoors. so far. Yeah. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you again, Jaap, for joining me for this episode of Five Frost. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Please tell us what you think in the comments below and be sure to click on the subscribe button and turn on notifications so you don't miss our next episode or the other videos we post to our YouTube channel. I'll be back behind the microphone next month with another member of the Dutch Diplomatic Network in the United States. Until then, you can keep up with our work on any of our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Just search for NL in the USA, and you can stay up to date on how the United States and the Netherlands have a partnership that works. <laughs>